It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. It was another day of rumors, another day of odds and ends. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what's going on on the rumor mill for the Orlando Magic as we get closer and closer to the NBA draft. We'll also talk a little bit about what the goals are for the Magic coming out of this draft and, of course, a little bit about their second-round picks. All of that coming up on a Wednesday NBA Draft Eve. Happy NBA Draft Eve, everyone. Edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 22nd. 2022, happy NBA Draft Eve. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about some of the rumors that are going around, uh, some of the noise that's being being uh, being kind of just bandied about as we get closer and closer to the NBA Draft, what people are saying, and how we're really feeling or how I'm really feeling Heading into this draft. Of course, it is NBA Draft Eve. We'll talk also a little bit about some more global uh, ideas. We'll get to some more of those tomorrow as well. Um, but a, a big global idea of how the Magic uh, need to find balance with this draft as well. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Uh, remember, there's great Lockdown podcasts covering every single team in the NBA. If you want to get a lowdown on the Stanley Cup final, check out our friends at Lockdown Lightning. The Lockdown Podcast Network, it's your team every day. I think uh, over the weekend, let me just say this first. Um, it was a strange weekend for the Orlando Magic. Um, we played Jeff Weltman's uh, press conference from Monday in full on yesterday's podcast that, that took up the majority of the podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll touch on some things he said there, but it was a strange weekend. Um, even beyond the stuff that I can share with you, with you, um, it, it was a weird weekend um, for the Orlando Magic. Um, I, you know, I, I definitely get the sense that the draft preparation is not as complete as Jeff Weltman would like it. Um, and a big reason is the, the rumors and the reports that are going on about Paolo Bancaro. Paolo Bancaro is really at the center of so many of the odds and ends that we're talking about here um, as we get closer and closer to the NBA draft. I, I touched on it a little bit yesterday, but I want to bring it back today. Um, over the last 48 hours, the betting markets have completely flipped on Paolo Bancaro. Um, it's, it, he started off Sunday night, I think at like plus 400, plus 650, plus 800, somewhere, you know, like, like eight to one odds, essentially, um, at, at the beginning of the weekend. And all of a sudden 
the numbers just changed. Money started pouring in on Paolo Bancaro. And again, there's a lot of people that do have Paolo Bancaro number one on their draft board. There's a, a, a plenty of reasons for the Magic to draft Paolo Bancaro. I've gone over some of the reasons why I don't think they should. I talked about that actually on Monday's podcast. Maybe it was too garbled uh, for people to, to, to hear it. But I, I am not a believer that Paolo Bancaro is the right pick for the Orlando Magic for a number of reasons, most of them having to do with the kind of team the Magic want to build, a big emphasis that I've had here on the podcast, um, and the lack of versatility that I think he would bring to the way the Magic want to kind of grow and sprout from this from this, uh, from this this draft. Um, having said that, definitely felt like a bit of an undervalue because if the Magic, I, I kind of felt this way back at the lottery, um, I felt like the Magic were going to be picking between Paolo and, and Jabari. I didn't, think, I didn't think Chet Holmgren would be as big of a player. Um, and as it turns out, as we sit here today with our friends from Bet Online, Paolo Bancaro is just behind Jabari Smith. Um, as the favorite. Now, Jabari Smith's number has come up over the over the course of the day. I was watching the odds throughout the course of the day. Jabari Smith is still the favorite to go number one to the Orlando Magic. I think he's at minus 250 or you know 200, something like that. Um, uh, Paolo Bancaro has kind of settled in at plus 250 uh, or plus 200 or something like that, kind of two to one odds. Um, Chet Holmgren is up at like plus 350 now uh, to be the number one pick. The odds have settled. We, we we saw. I think I saw Paolo get on bet online as low as plus one seventy five or plus two hundred. Um, so it, it seems like whatever run on the bank was being done of people putting money on Paolo Bancaro, that has cooled off. The money started to kind of settle back down to where everyone thought it would be. Um, and, and I think you know again throughout all of this, Jabari Smith remained the favorite to be the number one pick for the Orlando Magic. Those are betting markets. Let's drill down into facts or at least talk about some rumors as they appear. Um, there's been a lot of conflicting reports about whether Paolo Bancaro worked out for the Orlando Magic. Um, there, you know, Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated, I think, first reported that it was his understanding that Paolo Bancaro was going worked out with the Magic over the weekend, or if not, did so Monday. He ended up kind of retracting that or, or kind of re-reporting that, getting getting down to the bottom of things. Um, I believe it was Zach Lowe on his podcast um, reported that uh, the Magic tried to get Paolo Bancaro in for a workout, um, but it kept getting pushed back, frustratingly so. Um, I can tell I can tell you that uh, there are parts of all of these that are true. What I understand, what what I have come, what I understand of what happened, the Magic were scheduled to work out Paolo Bancaro over the weekend. Um, whether that happened or not, I do not know. Um, but he was, it, 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 something, something happened, you know, something happened, uh, where, you know, it, it didn't happen or, or, or it wasn't reported or the magic weren't as forthcoming with it. Um, you know, my, my NBA sources told me that the magic did spend, uh, Wednesday and Thursday with Chet Holmgren. Um, he was not made, made available to the media. It was not clear if Pella Bancaro was planned to made, to be made available to the media either, but, I do know um, that he was scheduled to work out over the weekend with the Magic. I'm not sure if that happened or not. From my understanding, what I what I would say, the reporting that Bancaro was scheduled to have a week workout over the weekend is true. Um, everything else, it, it, it kind of vibes with other things that I've heard that I have not been able to confirm, so I'm not willing to say completely whether they happened or not. But the reports that something happened and he didn't work out with the Magic— that that jives with what I'm hearing as well. So so I would say those reports, there's definitely a kernel of truth to them. I don't know how completely true they are, but there is certainly a kernel of truth to them. This, of course, is incredibly frustrating um, because 
the Magic do have the number one pick. They do have the choice, as they said it. And Jeff Waltman, you know, I think I give him a lot. I still give him a lot of credit for this. Um, this is just how he believes in running his organization and his front office. He is not leaking anything. Private conversations remain private. If a agent doesn't want his player to meet with the media, he's not meeting with the media. If an agent does not want his client to, does not want the world to know that he worked out with the team, he's not. He's not divulging that. He's not going to be the one that leaks information out, um, and, and that's just how he does business. But I think you could tell even from how Jeff Waltman answered that question, there was a little bit of frustration. And, and I would agree that there does seem to be, and I was talking with Aaron Goldson over London Pitch Post about this, there does seem to be a little bit of frustration about how this process went. Um, that's not to say the Magic didn't do their work. They, you know, drafted Jonathan Isaac without uh, a workout. Um, they, you know, they worked, they, they did go see Cole Anthony workout. They did not bring him to the Amway Center. The Magic can get information. They can get what they need to make an informed choice, to make an informed pick without having the workout in place. Really what the workout, I think a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on draft workouts. The draft workout is really an interview. Um, if you've ever been, if you've ever been on, a, on a job interview for, you know, like a consulting job, um, you know, the, the, my day job, uh, I, I work at Spectrum News 13. Um, I had a test during my, uh, during my interview with them. They just wanted to see what I could do. Um, it's that's really what this element is. The most important thing is getting the interview, is getting the one-on-one, the sit-down with them to get to know the person that you're trying to pick, um, and, and, and test them in that way. The individual court workout, because you're obviously going one-on-zero. It's it's not about how many shots you make. Really, what they're trying to see is okay. Can will you put in the work? If we put you through your paces, are you gonna are you gonna put in the work? Are you gonna treat this seriously? Um, but the other thing they're really looking at is how do you take coaching. How do you absorb new information, uh, you know, new terminology? How do you absorb that quickly? They're going to run you through drills that the team is going to run through. They're going to use terminology. They're going to explain terminology and see how quickly you get it. They're going to say, okay, we want you to do a, a veer cut or we want you to do a UCLA cut, uh, pop out to, pop out three-point line, one dribble pull-up or one dribble sidestep three. They want to see how quickly you can get that information get the drill down and move on with and move on. They want to see how you interact with coaches and how you interact with people. That's what these workouts are for. It's not a it's not necessarily a test of can you make all these shots. Now obviously if a player is missing a lot of shots that either means a they're not taking it seriously or maybe they're not as good shooting as you thought they were, but it's not necessarily about the results. It's about the interaction with people. That's what these workouts are for. That's what the team is really getting out of these situations, out of these scenarios. And again, it's it's interesting to know whether whether the Magic were able to get this with Paolo Bancaro or or, or not. Um, you know, again, there's I, I think some of the frustration that 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 Jeff that Jeff Waltman may or may not be feeling is that it does feel like the agents are controlling a lot of a information that's being funneled and b just access. Um, there was a report out there that the Magic were one of the teams that got the medical information from Chet Holmgren. Only them in Oklahoma City did that. Um, it, it sure sounds like Mike Miller, who is Paolo Bancaro's agent, um, understands that the likely top two picks are going to be Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren. And so maybe that made him a little less willing to send his client to Orlando, to get his client's hopes up. I, I don't know why there would be any, there, whether, why there would be any, um, why there wouldn't be a benefit to working out for the number one team if the number one team wants to work out with you. Keegan Murray did that. Shaden Sharp did that. Jay Nivey did that. Um, it really does seem like they're, that Bancaro is really focused on going to Houston. 
Um, that's that's what I'm reading through the tea leaves here uh, and, and all of that. I would say this, um, you know, I, I, I do think after this weekend and everything that happened this weekend and, and kind of the and kind of things that, that I know, um, my gut instinct tells me that Jabari Smith is their guy. Um, you know, there's a little bit of noise right now about the Magic possibly trading the top pick. Uh, and certainly I think they'll continue to listen. Um, again, that's part of the process. That's part of what Jeff Weltman wants to do. I think they will listen. I think they're more than willing to listen. But, uh, but by the same token, I do think Jabari Smith is the guy, as I've explained numerous times, I think he checks all the boxes. Um, it the the returns that uh, that you know you certainly felt when you were in the gym after his workout. Some of the things that I've heard uh, heard about his workout is that it went really well. Uh, you certainly could feel that you know there are a lot of players on the team intrigued with him and, and getting to interact with him. Again, that's the stuff that's important in these workouts. He checks off so many boxes of what this Magic team needs, both from a shooting and defensive. He checks off so many box boxes of what this Magic team values. Um, I, I am still very, very convinced that Jabari Smith is the pick. Uh, I, I honestly, I, I probably went into Friday, you know, you know, no, you know, again, knowing that Chet Holmgren was in town, I probably went into Friday saying, I think that this is really close. It's going to be, it's between Jabari and Chet, and I, I'm not 100% sure who the Magic are going to pick. I know where I would pick. I know where I would lean, but I, I did feel like that that was a not a sure thing. Um, after this weekend, I I feel like 80, 85% sure that Jabari Smith is their guy. Um, maybe a little bit of wavering after the P3 stuff came out. Um, there's been a lot of features about Chet Holmgren that have come out over the last few days. ESPN did one. I believe Bleacher Report did one as well. Um, there was some good reporting from P3, uh, the Performance Lab in San Francisco, in California. Um, they talked that they believe that Chet has very little injury risk, and obviously he's super talented. So maybe I'm wavering a little bit after reading some of that. He's doing his media blitz to be the number one pick, but... I still think Jabari's the guy. I'll probably dive, re- rehash a lot of those arguments on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic and our final episode before the NBA draft. Those are our odds and ends. I want to talk a little bit about uh, the second round picks um, and and more importantly, what the Magic are, are and their goals are for this draft and how the second round picks are really going to be an important part of that puzzle. We will get to that coming up here in... But first... NBA Draft Day is tomorrow. It's, it is such a big day, and the Locked On Podcast Network is doing it big. One live draft show is not enough for Locked On. Every show is going to go live on draft night. In fact, I, I do have work. Uh, I will not be able to go live right after the pick. I am planning to go live at midnight. Let's just let's just do it. Midnight draft talk. I'm going to go live at midnight, do my, do my episode live, talk about the picks, talk about what the Magic did. I'll invite your your interaction. I'll invite you to, to join the show as well. We'll do that on the YouTube channel, on Lo- the Locked On Magic YouTube channel. So definitely subscribe to that today. Um, you may not get my immediate reaction. We'll, we'll, that, will be posted, that will be posted as well on the YouTube channel. Uh, but we will do a live show, so I'll take some of your questions. Um, it will not be on Spotify, Spotify Green Room. Uh, I will make that uh, YouTube exclusive. So we will... You will go. I will go on. You. Uh, I will go on on my YouTube channel, Locked On Magic, to do a live show at midnight. We'll do midnight draft 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 reactions. So um, get excited for that. Uh, so we will talk about all the things the Orlando Magic did, all the things the Orlando Magic didn't do on draft night on the pod on uh, at midnight. So definitely get excited for that. Again, midnight on Thursday. Complete complete coverage of the NBA draft. That's that's when we'll do it. 
Today's podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports event and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So I, 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 I don't want to neglect the second-round picks. The Orlando Magic have two high-value second-round picks here, the 32nd and 35th pick. And I know that the Magic, especially under Jeff Weltman, don't have a great history of using second-round picks. Um, in fact, they've kind of just given them away. And I don't think that's... I don't think that's completely unlikely that they'll do that here, um, that they won't use these second-round picks. I, I certainly hope the Magic are looking to use these two picks to move back into the first round if they have a target in mind. Um, certainly, they can use it as a tool to try and move Terrence Ross for something that they like or or, or one thing or the other. Um, I, I think that Orlando it can be can be really can be really aggressive here. And these two picks obviously have a lot of value. As Jeff Boltman noted in Monday's press conference, the 32nd, 35th pick have a lot of value because they don't come with the contractual obligations. Um, there's no guaranteed three-year deal with these picks. Um, you get to kind of set the the limit, the limits of of that draft pick. But Jeff Waltman also made a really important point. And while I think it's really important that the Magic do use these picks, do use um, these things the right way and put themselves in a really good position, um, I think it's also important to remember that this is a full roster. Again, you look at the roster. Your starting five, uh, your projected starting five of Markel Fultz, Jalen Suggs, Franz Wagner, your draft pick, Wendell Carter. You come off the bench. Right now, you have Terrence Ross, Cole Anthony, uh, RJ Hampton, uh, Bo Wagner, Devin Kennedy. That's 10 right there. Jonathan Isaac makes 11. Um, you know, you're looking at a roster that's pretty packed already and pretty packed with young guys. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone uh, in that list as well. Um, but you add two more picks, that's 13. You're looking to maybe add a free agent, free agent to replace Mobamba, for sure. That's 14. And then another free agent to replace Gary Harris, if not signing, re-signing Gary Harris. I don't think that's going to happen at this point. Um, that's 15. You've got a full roster. And, and Jeff Waltman made a really important point and, and a reason why I think um, either A, the reporting, there's some reporting out there that teams even as high as where the Magic are picking could be looking to use their second-round picks for two-way contract players as well as draft and stash guys. Um, it is not a guarantee that the Magic take the guy that's super high on your board. They may take the guy that they can park in Lakeland for a year or they can park 
overseas for a year because they don't want to use the roster space, the roster spot. So keep that in mind when we do get to the 32nd and the 35th picks. Um, the Magic may not necessarily be using that pick um, for someone for this year's roster or necessarily even uh, even for a roster spot in the near future. It could be someone that they're looking to develop. And that's really the key. Um, it's it's really about balance. Um, that's that's kind of the philosophy that I think the Magic have to go with. Um, Jeff Waltman said in Monday's press conference that that um, that you don't you don't want to bring in young players and not give them the chance to play um, or, or not give them a pathway to play. Lakeland is certainly a pathway to play. If, if they gotta just do practice time and go play in Lakeland. That's a development strategy. That's okay. We want that. Um, but but, um, but you need to make sure that that pathway is there. And as Weltman said, we want to be able to bring these young players through the forest. Not all of them may make it there, but you got to give them the opportunity. you got to clear the road, give them the path to walk down, down to, 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 be play, to do and play meaningful basketball. That's, that's the honest truth. That is the honest truth. And this team's already super young. I really think they need to add veterans. I'm scared of how young this team is, even though they're good. Even though they're good young players, I like what Wendell Carter does. I, I, you know, honestly, I think Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz are veterans, are guys that the team looks up to. Markel Fultz, especially, it does not feel like he's played just two seasons in the NBA, essentially, um, two healthy seasons in the NBA. Um, it, it, it feels like he's a veteran on the floor. But Orlando, Orlando wants to be a team, you know. Orlando wants to do certain things this year. And, and, and so being super young, balancing all this is, is really, 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 really tough. Jeff Waltman said it in really uncertain terms. It's the first kind of expectation that we've gotten on the season. I know Jeff Waltman doesn't like to label things. I know he doesn't probably, he probably didn't mean it completely this way or, you know, not explicitly this way. But, you know, he said, we want to start climbing up. You know, he said, we don't want to be in the basement for an indeterminate length of time. Jamal Mosley said it right after the season ended, literally on closing night, on after beating the Miami Heat. He said, this summer, we've got to level up. We've got to take that next step. There, I'm not saying, them, I don't think there are playoff expectations for the Orlando Magic this season. I don't think this is like a playoff or bust season or the Magic are going to do something to guarantee they make the playoffs. We'll get into some of that tomorrow. But... It's very, very, very clear that the Magic expect to do something different. They don't expect to be a 20-win team next year, a 22-win team next year. They expect to be better. It may not be playoff better, but they expect to begin the steps toward being competitive. And so again, when it comes to these second-round picks, it's, okay, A, are they going to help you win? Are they going to help you get better? And B, are you going to be able to give them the path to play? And that's, again, part of the strategy in this draft. It's not, you know, again, you get to this argument of best player available over fit. Fit is part of best player available. What makes a player the best player available is not just that they're super talented. It doesn't matter how talented a player you are if you're not able to play, if you're not able to find your way to minutes. RJ Hampton could not get minutes in Denver. Why was Denver so willing to trade him? You know, they took a chance on a really talented player, and he could have easily emerged and, and gotten himself into the, in the rotation. But they were willing to deal him for Aaron Gordon because there was not a path for R.J. Hampton to play. That's the bottom line. And, and unfortunately for R.J., I think he's kind of stuck in a similar situation now. 
Um, I still, I, there's still a lot that I like about RJ. There's still a lot of questions I have, obviously, about him. You know, his season was statistically terrible. There were some positive signs here and there, but but not not anything else. But it's hard to. But I said at the beginning of the season, some people criticized me for this. It was hard for me to say without injuries where RJ Hampton was going to play. Um, again, I think the Magic have done a better job defining his role. I think there is a pathway for him to play, but it, there's still a lot of questions to answer. There's still a lot of things to answer, and you can do that with almost any player on the roster. Chuma Okiki, if the Magic draft another forward, you have Franz Wagner as a starter, you have your draft pick as a starter, you have Jonathan Isaac ahead of him. Where's Chuma Okiki playing? Is he going to play the three full-time? Is he going to be that player? Um, it it's it's all fair questions. Um, it's not it's not a simple answer. It's not so simple to say all these things, um, and that's part of the problem. That's part of the issue that we have here. Is you know what what does this all look like? Um, how do we make sure that we're ushering players and picking the right players to develop and grow and giving them playing time? And as you add more young players, that gets more difficult. And that's why I find it really hard to believe the Magic will use both second-round picks here. That's why I find it really difficult to believe that the Magic um, are just are just going to use these are, are are aren't going to be trying to move around or move one of these picks in the process. Bringing in more rookies, bringing in more young players, is really tough. Now, the two-way contract is a great tool. If there's a really talented player that the Magic can't pass up on, if they really like Patrick Baldwin Jr., I, I, I don't sense that they do. And he's there, grab him, throw him in the G League, see what happens. Um, you know, again, I think that's definitely a very, very real possibility for this team as they move forward. And, and of course, there's still just a ton of questions about how this roster comes together. We'll talk about some of the players to keep an eye on for that second round for those second round picks. We've talked about a few of them already, but we'll kind of rehash that coming up here in just a moment. But first, a quick word from our pals at Built Bar. You know. Our friends at Built Bar are always coming out with amazing new flavors. Well, this time Built has truly outdone themselves with their new Mud Pie flavor. And first time ever, Built is introducing the Mud Pie flavor in both Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff. Not sure what Mud Pie tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, sit down. Just just stay calm. It's going to be okay. The new Mud Pie Bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. You've got to try Mud Pie as soon as possible, and you need to hurry because the Mud Pie Bar and Mud Pie Puff are only available for a limited time. Visit Built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. Not convinced? We saved the best for last. It's actually good for you. No, really. All Built products are low calories, high price, high protein, low sugar. Mud Pie is stacked with 16 grams of protein and only 150 calories and 8 grams of sugar. Mud Pie Bars and Puffs are available at Built.com right now, but they're going fast because they are delicious. Like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. You're going to love the new Mud Pie Built Bar and Built Puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late-night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Chocolate mousse, whipped cream, cookies, and cream crumble. Stop drooling. Get to Built.com to order your box of Mud Pie Bars and Puffs now. You will not regret it. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code Lock 15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. 
Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We've obviously talked a lot about some of the draft picks and some of the prospects. Um, you know, we've done over a lot about Jabari Smith, about Paolo Bancaro, about Chet Holmgren, the three guys at the top of the draft. Um, we'll go over each of them again tomorrow. Tomorrow will be our final word before we get um, to the NBA draft. Really, really exciting. I'll go over some of my mock, um, a mock draft that I'm hoping to have published tomorrow. Certainly, I'll have it published uh, before I record. Um, so, so you know, just stay stay tuned on that. Um, but second round picks late first round picks, there's some really good options. Um, the guy that I think I've kind of decided I'm, I'm good with trading up for um, is Bryce McGowan's of Nebraska. Um, I've talked a little bit about him on this show, I believe. I really, really like this kid. Um, I, he had a free throw rate that was around 47%. Um, so, you know, essentially getting one free throw for every two field goal attempts. Was on the ball way too much at Nebraska. Was just, was not super effective, but when he gets to the basket, he gets to the basket. He either gets to the foul line or he finishes pretty well around contact. Um, so he does does that really, really well. Um, he was a sub-33 point shooter last year. Uh, but his free throw percentage suggests he can be a decent shooter. And he, he's a 40% catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. I think the problem was he was at Nebraska. Nebraska was worse than Northwestern this year. So that tells you how bad they were. Um, and so I think he was just miscast as the primary scorer. If he can commit to being a good defender, if he can commit to being a three-point shooter, if he can commit to playing off the ball, I think he has all the skills to be a really good player. He's got lottery talent. Uh, I know our friend Richard Stamen says that. Every time I mention Bryce McGowan's, Richard Stamen usually likes it. Um, our, our, our friend from Locked On NBA Big Board, NBA Draft Big Board, um, he's he's the guy that I think I would trade up for. Another guy I've had my eye on, uh, I've cooled off a little bit on him since I started watching a little bit more tape. Uh, Jalen Williams of Arkansas. Um, Jalen Williams had really solid defensive games and really good games against all three of the guys we're talking about at the top of the draft. He's a six foot ten center, has a seven foot one wingspan. He checks that box there. He led the nation in charges. This is a guy that just works hard, gets after it. Um, you know, again, does the little things that every coach loves. I, I would compare him a little bit to Grant Williams from the Boston Celtics. Grant Williams, not a great athlete, a little bit smaller. He wins on positioning. Jalen Williams is bigger. He wins on positioning. Now, the knock on Jalen Williams, and I think it's completely fair, not super athletic, not a great leaper, not a great jumper. So he's not, you know, you typically think of your defensive-minded centers that come off the bench. They uh, they block shots. They sort of the basket for, uh, for alley-oops and pick-and-rolls. That's not Jalen Williams. That's not his game, and that's kind of the problem. Um, I do think that there are some very real concerns about his ability to play in the NBA because defensive positioning only gets you so far. you got to be athletic and have good defensive positioning. So hopefully he can use his awareness to kind of get himself in the game. I do think he's going to ultimately be a second rounder. I don't know if he's going to sneak back in the first round. I like him enough. I think he's proven himself enough in big games to get a decent look um, that I'm not sure he's the guy. Um, another guy I would maybe keep an eye on is uh, a guy that some Gator fans might be familiar with, Andrew Nemhard of Gonzaga. Um played for the Gators before transferring to Gonzaga two years ago. 
Nemhard um, is just a really solid floor general. I don't think he does anything spectacular. He's an okay shooter, okay passer, but everything he does just seems to work. He 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 makes his teams better. Um, he he can be dynamic in the open floor, but he's just just kind of a seasoned veteran. And, and you know, again, I think sort of like AJ Griffin at the top of this draft, you can kind of overlook the mundane. He does the mundane really really well. He does the boring stuff really really well. He's a little bit uh, he's he's a little bit on the small side for a two. He's probably not a good enough ball handler or, or a consistent enough ball handler right now to be a, a point guard. But he's a senior. He's a guy that can figure things out, and, and I think you kind of know what you're getting with him. Uh, you know, again, could be a good third point guard option. Could be a good two way guy just to see um, if you can develop him uh, any further. I mentioned Patrick Baldwin Jr. a little bit earlier. I'll just kind of go over him again real fast. Um, Patrick Baldwin Jr. was one of the top prospects um, in in the class uh, in, in the class uh, heading into college. He just had a really rough college career. Injuries, COVID, just a disaster team with Milwaukee last with UW Milwaukee last year. It just all went bad. Um, you know the talent's undoubtedly there. He's got a real nice shooting stroke. He can he can rise up. He can hit shots wherever he wants. It just didn't translate to the college game again. Injuries played a role. Uh, I think the way UW-Milwaukee was set up played a role. His measurements are all over the place. Um, you know, like uh, like Jalen Williams, he's got the measurables. He had one of the longest wingspans at the NBA Draft Combine, but also had one of the lowest vertical leaps. Um, so he's just not a great leaper, and, and I do think that'll be a concern as he gets to the NBA. This draft is is very, very weird. I, I, I do want to note that. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the reviewers, a lot of the draft people that I've talked to, um, that I've read... All say that this draft, you know, I don't want to use this term, flattens out a little bit. I don't think it flattens out, but there's a lot of flaws in a lot of the prospects that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, a guy that I would also keep an eye on too is Kennedy Chandler of Tennessee. Kennedy Chandler, just a super dynamic scorer. He had a great finish to the season at Tennessee. It was the reason why Tennessee was able to get to the SEC championship game in the SEC tournament. You know, a team that a reason that they could potentially make noise. It was a great three-point shooter at the college level. His free throw percentage, I think he was in the high 60s, mid 60s on free throw percentage. Um, that's a concern because if he if that doesn't translate to the three-point line, then he's just kind of a, a crazed driver and he's not necessarily um, necessarily able to finish consistently at the basket. I, I do think ultimately someone will take a chance on him in the first round, but Kenny Chandler would be another guy that I keep an eye on. Not a great playmaker yet, not a great decision maker yet. Um, more of a score as as an undersized two, and that's again one of the big knocks. He competes, he has the athleticism, you know, potentially has the shot, uh, but just undersized to play the two, and just not quite the playmaker to play the one. Like I said, this draft has a lot of guys with some clear flaws. There's not a lot of wing shooting later in this draft, which is you know so important. So guys like Blake Wesley, Bryce McGowan's, um, you know, it's gonna be ho- it's gonna be real hard to evaluate them and figure out okay, which is the guy that we invest in, which is the guy. That we go for. Um, I do think we will see a fair bit of moving around in this draft. We know that Philadelphia is probably shopping their pick. They got Danny Green and Matisse Thibel that they seem to be moving, trying to move. Um, they're obviously trying to create a little bit of space, create a little bit of wiggle room, add some players. I think that's a target for the Orlando Magic to trade Terrence Ross, um, you know, the 26th pick, 25th pick, uh, and Danny Green for Terrence Ross works financially. Um, so would not be so surprised that that's what the Magic end up doing too on draft night. Uh, obviously, there's still a lot going on. There's a lot to consider. There's a lot of things, a lot of moving pieces. Tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic will try and take some macroscopic views. I'll review why I think Jabari Smith is the pick once again. 
Uh, we will talk a little bit about my mock draft as well, um, what to expect on draft night. And and I think the big, the big, the big, 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 big takeaway that I would have for draft night um, is understanding and accepting that this is not the final step. This is the first step. Um, and, and now the work really begins uh, to kind of build this team. So we'll do all that tomorrow, our final word before the NBA draft. And again, remember, I will be doing a live on midnight after the NBA draft to talk a little bit more about what the Magic did and did not do on draft night. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at R underscore MD. Follow, po- uh, follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in to him. Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, check out orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Now that you're done listening to us, go make your second listen the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. Search now for Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the draft experts of Locked On NBA Big Board. The five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic, Daily Locked On Magic, this is We'll see you again next time for another episode of Locked On Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.